So 2008 was also an incredibly important year for public education in San Francisco. Uh, as many folks know in our city, we established a framework of support for our public schools that we think is a model for others. Uh, and it's called a partnership, a partnership for achievement. Uh, it was a memorandum of understanding, an MOU between the city and county of San Francisco and the independent school district. Rather than trying to take over a school board as some mayors are doing, and I don't necessarily criticize that, it's just for me a solution in search of a problem, we decided to partner with our school district. We decided to put a framework of understanding of areas where we felt we can become more collaborative, more supportive. We have a $6.5 billion bureaucracy. The school district, a much more modest bureaucracy. But we thought if we can organize in a way that actually can begin to blur the line, if not remove the line, between the independence of the city and county of San Francisco and the school district, recognizing that we're not policy makers, but we can support these kids before school, even during school, after school, and certainly in the summer months, then we can make a big difference in academic achievement. And you can see some of the areas where we have been supporting our school district and these additional areas which I'm going to amplify here uh, in this uh, segment uh, of our 2008 state of the city. Well, one of the things that I'm particularly proud of in San Francisco is that we don't look at the K through 12 system as the K through 12 system. We look at public schools as pre-K to 16. The idea that it's kindergarten to 12th grade is to me anathema to the conditions and the challenges that exist around us, not just internally as it relates to making sure that we have kids graduating from our schools that can get jobs within the city and county of San Francisco, but even within the state of California or this country. In order to compete, we need to focus on getting our kids prepared to get into kindergarten and then make sure they're prepared to get into the real world by focusing on our K through 12 education system and moving it to a K through 16 education component uh, focus. And so that's the idea of P to 16 versus K through 12. And that's another principle of our partnership for achievement. Again, that principle starts with that P, which is preschool. Uh, this is a city, I couldn't be more proud of this. Uh, San Francisco is the first city in the state of California uh, to initiate universal preschool. Uh, we started it a number of years ago. Uh, we initiated it in just four zip codes in our city. And now we have universal preschool that we've rolled out to all the zip codes in our city. And we believe in early 2010, not that far from now, uh, that we'll have fully implemented preschool for all for all of those that look to source it and need it. But we did already in 2008, this year, roll it out into every zip code in the city and county of San Francisco. Uh, one of the things that we recognize is that we, in order to achieve any real results as it relates to the achievement gap, particularly for African-American students and Latino-Latina students, that we've got to prepare our kids uh, for kindergarten. We had Rand uh, come in and did a study a survey of preschool programs, even childcare programs with a schooling component up and down the state of California. No one scored particularly well 
outside of our own city. And as you can see, San Francisco was identified as a bright spot. Doesn't surprise a lot of us because we've been investing an enormous amount in to our preschool system. You can see here in 2005-2006 just 3.3 million dollars invested in this last year we've invested 11.25 million dollars. 11 million 250 thousand dollars into our preschool for our program. So every year we're ramping it up. We'll be there by 2010. Again a model I think for the rest of the state. Arguably for the country. I'm not sure that there are that many cities if any. I know Denver has a version. Maybe one or two other cities has a version of universal preschool, but I don't think any is robust and comprehensive as the city and county of San Francisco. Again, not K through 12, pre-K to 16, and we'll focus on that as we move forward. And one of the areas that we're moving forward to advance that focus is something called San Francisco Promise. This is an idea that every sixth grader in our public schools should be guaranteed a four-year college education. Again, pre-K to 16. Now, how do you guarantee a four-year college education? How do you afford to do that? And where are you sending all of those kids? Well, we decided to go to get, come together with the CSU system, California State University system. And we actually asked them to allow San Francisco to become a pilot city through San Francisco State University to engage in a partnership, similar to the partnership that we've engaged in with the public schools, but with our state university system, and to build capacity and opportunity for all our sixth graders, and make sure that they have college prep courses, to make sure uh, that they are acquainted with the opportunities uh, that exist outside um, of just graduation day uh, at uh, 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 as a senior in our public schools, and we've developed in a way to amplify that parent workshops, tours, uh, and training programs uh, that we believe could become a model for the state of California. Uh, this is a really exciting program. And it's a program just incidentally that as it was initiated this year already allowed us to do something that we never thought we could do before and that is may not seem like a lot but it is significant. Uh, we did um, the PSA, uh, the uh, SAT, the PSAT, we allowed all our 10th graders during the school hours to access uh, uh, free uh, PSAT uh, support. And again, these are just the kinds of things we can do to amplify um, the opportunities outside of just a senior year of high school. Again, things that we think can resonate elsewhere and things uh, that we believe are a model to the rest of the country. Another area that we're focused is not again just preschool and after you graduate from high school, but again enriching the lives of our kids during school. And one of the areas where we're so frustrated, uh, you know, we have this thing called No Child Left Behind that we all know is an applause line because it's left behind tens of billions of dollars in funding. Well, one of the areas where we do not have adequate funding is arts education. Uh, in San Francisco, we decided to come together and we're actually funding through an initiative called Prop H, which was passed a number of years ago, the leadership of members of the school district and the school board and the board of supervisors uh, and others, uh, we're actually funding comprehensive arts education. Every child, every classroom, K through 12, comprehensive arts education, dance, music, theater. Uh, now we have 72 elementary schools that have on-site coordinators uh, for arts education, 24 in the middle high schools and then some of our county uh, community schools. Again, we have put more money because of Prop H into this program for art supplies, musical equipment, and the like. I mean, how many cities 
don't have access to comprehensive arts education. San Francisco is not a city that is going to leave behind support for things outside of math and science as critically important as they are. Not everyone will be enlivened by math and science, but we can create opportunities for people to be fully expressive. We can create the conditions where people live their lives in a much more meaningful way by participating artistically and building that self-esteem, which is so important as a framework to then building the life that we want all of our young people to build. So arts education is an area where we are very, very proud. Another area that I referenced a bit in the health uh, care section of the state of the city that I want to amplify here is putting doctors and nurses back into the schools as well. Again, just think back. How many nurses and doctors are in our public schools today? Uh, when I was a young person, I remember there was a nurse and a doctor. But how many public schools have nurses and doctors today? Not many. In San Francisco, we said enough's enough and we're funding putting nurses and doctors back in the schools. We call them wellness centers. We've got them in all of our high schools. Uh, we have got 15 now in the high schools. We're about to do another five in our middle schools. And these are not just dealing with physical health needs of our children, but also the adolescent mental health needs. Critical to focus on adolescent health issues. A lot of stress, particularly certain sections of our city uh, where there's a lot of crime and violence, a lot of post-traumatic stress, a lot of issues associated, uh, again, with the lack of self-esteem and all of the uh, pressures that young people go through uh, to have that connection to a mental health professional is also important. These wellness centers also act as critical resources as well, and they connect the larger referrals, connect the entire healthcare delivery system of the city. Again, a way of enveloping support for our public schools, so it's not just public schools in isolation as silos, where all the money needs to come from the state, a little bit of money from the feds, and then a dollar or two from local government. We don't believe that that that's the best approach. Until the federal government gets its act together, until our state gets its act together, San Francisco and San Franciscans have proudly stepped up and stepped in in these historic ways, and they're bearing real fruit. Speaking of fruit, let's talk vegetables in this case, uh, in the context of addressing nutrition. Again, health-related. Wellness centers, part of it, health prevention, health care, uh, mental, physical, uh, one of the principal things we can do to support the energy levels of our kids to focus more intently on their schoolwork, both before and after school, to make sure that they're prepared uh, for the opportunities uh, that exist and develop in terms of uh, engaging in the broader community. Uh, we've focused on getting them to eat better. And so we have these 25 salad bars in our schools. This is a phenomenal success story. It's something that I hope is in every one of our public schools. It's a pilot program that just was initiated uh, and is something that's part of our greening initiative and health uh, initiative in our city. And when I talk a little bit more in the environmental section, I want to amplify on some of the other greening initiatives that tie into these salad bars and tie into our health delivery system. Again, environmental health as well as physical and mental health, a big part of our solutions. And I talked as well uh, about Shape Up San Francisco and that health uh, section. Uh, we're very proud of our physical fitness activities that we have also enhanced and advanced uh, by partnering with the school district uh, to engage in more physical activity during the school hours and after school. 
and that's the slide you see behind me. And now I focus on after school for all. If we're going to do preschool for all, why not do after school for all? People say, well, wait a second. Preschool for all is difficult. Uh, if you're going to do it, that would be remarkable. You'll be the only city in the state of California. After school is much more complex and difficult. Well, if we hear another professional talk about the importance of hours between 3 and 7 p.m. and keeping our kids engaged, et cetera, um, you know, we've all heard that. What are we doing about it? Well, I couldn't be more proud that we have an initiative, a real initiative, to provide comprehensive after-school programs for all of our kids universally by 2010. And I want to say that we are on pace to meet that goal in 2010. This is a remarkable effort and initiative. Department of Children, Youth and Family, the good work of the entire team over there, uh, Margaret Brockin and others that have committed themselves to this effort. A lot of advisory committees, again, a board of supervisors that's enlightened on this. A city that says we can do more and do better. Let's raise the bar. And that's what we're doing. Again, not just preschool, not just four-year college education, not just in enriching uh, with arts education uh, and wellness opportunities, but also after-school opportunities. Again, we think a model uh, for the nation. Another area where we need to do more and do better is supporting our teachers. We all pay lip service to supporting our teachers, but we need to do more than lip service. We need to support them by giving them more money and by recognizing uh, by support, recognizing their self-worth and their commitment and contribution by supporting them as well. I couldn't be more uh, uh, proud of this, that we established a program that you would have think has done years and years ago, and that is a Teacher of the Month Award. Just simple recognition. Again, I'm going to talk about money in a second, but this wasn't really about money. It was just about saying thank you to our teachers. There's no one more important when a child steps into a classroom Nothing more important and no one more important than the teacher to academic achievement. It doesn't matter how good your parents are. It doesn't matter how rich you are. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. What matters more than anything else is your teacher. So we better reconcile the fact that we're not paying them enough and we're not supporting them enough. One of the things we started just a couple of years ago is this uh, Teacher of the Month Award. And we've recognized now 17 outstanding teachers. And we have an award ceremony, and it's just a wonderful thing. We do give them some money. Uh, and we give them some certificates, uh, massages we've done. We've done a little bit of everything, uh, but it's something that I'm very, very proud of. And I want to thank Michael Milken and the Milken Family Foundation. Uh, recently, they did a teacher uh, uh, award. They do this on an annual basis, 80 teachers they did throughout the United States of America. They picked a, uh, a teacher at Visitation Valley Elementary School, Mindy Yip, uh, who received $25,000 bonus. Talk about recognition uh, just this last week in San Francisco. We're not doing that much, but again, it's that same spirit, uh, and it's a spirit that I think we can, again, elevate and continue to contribute to by simply just thanking folks uh, and complimenting a job well done. And there's a lot of teachers to be thankful for and a lot of teachers that should be complimented, as there are principals that are doing extraordinary work. You know, I walk into schools, I go every single week, and I visit the schools. I've been doing this since the day I became uh, mayor. Uh, sometimes two, sometimes three schools uh, a week. You can always tell how good a school is performing by the art on the walls 
and by the first observation right when you meet the principal and how engaged and enthusiastic that principal is. They create the conditions in the environment that allow the teachers to flourish uh, and our kids to prosper as well. And so we initiated a similar uh, program for our principals and that's something, again, doesn't cost money, but that needs to be done and see we can, I think we need to be doing more of uh, into the future. Uh, now, again, let's talk about our teachers in the context of money beyond just these recognitions, but substantively every single day, not just uh, those that are performing at the highest of the high levels, but everybody else that's struggling to perform at higher levels or struggling to make ends meet to stay in San Francisco to teach or to justify their commute into San Francisco, which is not easy to teach in our school district. We just passed the voters of San Francisco just passed overwhelmingly Prop A, which is the Quality Teacher and Education Act. Uh, this is an opportunity uh, not only to support our teachers, again, financially, but to support them through uh, ongoing education. And it incorporates some new accountability strategies as well, which, again, is a trade-off. We can do more uh, by offering more and by demanding a little bit more in return. And this was negotiated with Dennis Kelly and the Teachers Union. It was negotiated with the school board and the city. Our new superintendent is doing a great job, Carlos Garcia. Everyone came together. And it was because of that unified front and the support of philanthropists like Warren Hellman that this initiative passed uh, as overwhelmingly as it does as it did and here's what it does it's 28 million 28.5 million dollars a year uh, for teachers raises uh, professional development again you see technology and innovation as a part of it and, and, and the opportunity is baseline for teachers five thousand dollar base salary increase which is significant again how many of us have heard about all these cuts in education? Teachers can't get paid enough. Here we are in San Francisco in this economic climate. We're paying our teachers $5,000 more just as baseline salary. But we also added these other provisions that if you support uh, our needs in supporting a focus on hard-to-staff schools and you're a teacher and you want to go there, we'll give you another $2,000. You've got a subject matter that no one really is teaching to uh, and you want to teach that subject, you get another $1,000, if you actually get some ongoing education, a master teacher. What that adds up to is a remarkable $10,586. That's a 22% pay increase for some teachers in this city. We just approved this. The voters just approved this. I'm very thankful to San Franciscans for having the wisdom to support our teachers in a meaningful and substantive way. This Quality Teacher and Education Act is leading the way. And Hydra Mendoza in my office, I compliment you uh, uh, for helping bridge uh, the city's interest in this, as well as uh, the school district, Bevan Dufty and the Board of Supervisors and others that are part of this joint committee uh, with the school district deserve a tremendous amount of credit. Again, uh, building the confidence in the public that we can support a parcel tax again to fund this new initiative. Um, one of the other initiatives that we're funding through our Partnership for Achievement is these shared spaces for youth. Uh, we are looking at opportunities to build capacity. You know, you got a school day that begins and ends at a certain time, and during the summer months, uh, it's basically locked down. But these are community assets, and we want to begin to share the space in the school district with the citizens of San Francisco and vice versa, share public spaces outside the school district with the school district themselves. And we've been doing that with this new shared playground uh, initiative where we're actually taking playgrounds 
that are school playgrounds and that are locked up after school and keeping them open. We've got 12 of these now. Carmen Chu, our supervisor, led the way in terms of supporting uh, this opportunity to increase capacity of our playgrounds. Uh, we think that we can do more with this into the future. I can't tell you, this took about, I've been in a local uh, elected office, I think 12 years, almost 13. It took about that long to finally get the school district and the city to come together, the attorneys and everybody else. Not every community wants this. Uh, we actually had one community say, absolutely not. That school is locked down after school. It's our school. We don't trust the kids uh, outside the school to take care of that playground. But in most cases, it's really worked. And we think, again, it's a model. Another model is parent university. Through our communities of opportunity, and I'll talk a lot about, a lot about that in our poverty section, uh, we're actually at uh, Malcolm X Academy creating opportunities for uh, parents to get more support so they become better parents and they get financial literacy training they can get support for their own academic needs and to help them uh, raise their children as well and that's another way of using the schools in the evening hours as anchors to the community and that couldn't be more example than by this new Mott grant Providence, Rhode Island, and San Francisco, the two cities to get this grant that allow for learning opportunities uh, in the school district. We got hundreds of thousands of dollars in this grant, but looking at the city uh, schools as community hubs and building on some of these principles that I've exampled, but taking it to a whole nother level. And this is, again, something uh, as a preview. The grant money's just coming in, but this is something for next year that I think will pay great dividends. It's something that uh, I'm very proud of in terms of exercising the grants, Department of Children, Youth, and Family, again, leading the way, uh, working with the school district to build on that capacity. We're also doing the same uh, with our greening uh, exercises, and I'm going to talk a lot about this in the environmental section. Uh, but one of the areas we've just initiated is a service learning around the environment, uh, a new curriculum. We've got a new director of the environment at our public schools uh, that are doing, they're just doing a great job over there now. They're doing a lot more field trips, 611 environmental field trips, more uh, uh, presentations on preservation and water issues and composting assemblies, which is really important. That's something Again, I'll talk a lot about in the environmental section, our new composting strategies. Uh, all of this, uh, again, making our kids more in tune uh, with the world around them, literally, not just figuratively. Uh, and something that I'm very proud of is uh, made a big impact in this last year. Uh, green schools. Uh, amplifying on the service learning and the environmental initiatives. You'll see that uh, we've already converted our diesel fleet. The school district has 100% biodiesel. We'll be talking a lot about that again in the transportation section of the state of the city as well as the environmental section. Solar, we've got 18 installations. I thank PG&E for their support of these installations on schools. We've got a lot more. We've got these 30 school gardens and uh, we've got these new uh, money coming from our bonds that will fund even more school gardens. Uh, Again, the composting, which we'll talk a lot more about. Already 70 schools are doing composting of food waste. So we talk about those salad bars. What do they do with that broccoli that they didn't actually eat? Well, now we compost it. And we actually have, through the environmental learning uh, initiatives, uh, they'll actually put the food into a food scrap bin. And then it will be composted. They'll get the dirt back, uh, the nutrients now coming from that composting. And then they'll plant in these school gardens. 
uh, the same food that they actually are eating in those salad bars. Again, creating a connection, a cradle grave, this connection uh, to the earth uh, that I think is a really important one. I don't want to get too esoteric, but I think it's fundamental to educating people and entertaining them at the same time uh, to the connection we have uh, with Mother Nature. Another area where we are trying to do more and we've got to do better is truancy. Um, this one, a little bit more of a hard-headed uh, focus. The dropout rate in this country is a disgrace. Just 70% of Americans, uh, high school students, actually graduate. It's deplorable for African-American kids and Hispanic kids. Uh, and in San Francisco, it's no different. It needs to be. We need to do better. We need to do more. We've got some good partnerships with District Attorney Kamala Harris. We've got some good partnerships with community-based organizations out in Bayview Hunters Point. One of them is this new uh, Center for Academic Reentry. We call it the CARE program. 60 youth, it's not enough, but it's a good start. I've been served and we're seeing uh, some progress. We've got some uh, school attendance reviews that are happening with this new review board uh, in the state on, in school coalition. But you know, I recently went out with my friend Patricia, the principal over at Balboa High School. I got so frustrated that we actually started knocking on doors together. We started out in Sunnydale Housing Projects to try to get these kids to school. Uh, we've got to do a better job at this. And something for the new year, uh, rest assured, we're going to do more. We're going to do better on truancy and dropouts. And if that means, again, i got to get an army of people that work for the city to go in and knock on these doors and support these parents, not just by incarcerating them, but by supporting them. Because most of these kids that are dropping out are not showing up at school. These are families in crisis, by and large. And having visited a lot of these families, each and every story was remarkable. I met one woman who was going off back to Iraq, and the daughter was just was terrified of her mother leaving again. And, you know, we could talk about arresting that mother for the kid not going to school, uh, but that's not going to help much um, in supporting that single mother uh, with her daughter that's not showing up to school. We've got to support that daughter with some of the emotional issues and the challenging issues of having a mom going back uh, to Iraq uh, for a, uh, another tour of duty. And that's one of the reasons, she, again, she's just too scared to go to school and she's too confused and she, again, is in need of a lot of support. And that's where the city can step in. That's just an example of where we can do, I think, a better job supporting some of these initiatives and doing better on the dropout rates. Another area where I think we could do more and do better is volunteerism. I think it should be a rite of passage. I don't think you should graduate public high school without giving back. Uh, I think the thing I look forward to most and I don't know what the speech is going to look like, but when Barack Obama gives his uh, inaugural speech, I expect it to resonate, uh, or rather the issue of volunteerism to resonate as a big part of the speech. Contribution, giving back at a time when we need people to be more engaged and more involved in the life of their community and their city and their state in this nation and the world we're trying to build. I think it should start in the schools. And so we have a program that we're trying to advance that does require every child that graduates to have given back some time in terms of volunteerism. Programs like JLTC help in doing that. And I am happy that the JROTC Prop V passed. I know good people can disagree. I disagree with the award just like many of you do. vast majority of you do. Uh, but this is a 90-year program that was making a difference in kids' lives. And uh, I think that program deserves uh, deserved the support it received by the voters. And we can restore that program and restore that spirit of contribution and community and volunteerism, building discipline and self-esteem. Uh, we have another program called Experience Corps that also deserves attention. This is getting seniors 
to give back to their public schools and get involved in mentoring and tutoring. And this is something we also want to expand. And then more partnerships. Uh, in the in most benign sense, these business partnerships where business leaders could come in and mentor the kids and talk about what they're doing in the real world and how it can resonate in the lives of our children. All told, our city investment in the public schools has increased exponentially over the years. Just $8.4 million a few years ago, now $46.6 million of city money that we've transferred over to the public schools. It's a 450% increase. This does not, however, include the rainy day fund money. If the governor's $2.5 billion goes into effect and we see another $20 million of cuts locally in our public schools, the rainy day fund will be triggered. And that means that our investment will actually grow to 677% because we've already set aside the money to go up to $65 million from the $46.6 million if indeed we have to uh, uh, utilize that rainy day fund. So again, this is a city that walks its talk, a city that is investing well beyond its Prop H mandates, incidentally, into supporting our kids with these programs as well as these dollar, uh, dollar resources. Uh, another area that deserves some attention uh, in terms of public education is the investment the public's made. You look at these facility bonds, $290 uh, $5 million in 2003, the Prop H, which I just referenced, uh, Prop uh, A in 2005, City College, which is another one of our partners as it relates to workforce training and building capacity uh, and, and partnerships uh, to allow our kids to look beyond just K through 12. Uh, and then, of course, the big one, which was Prop A in 2006, which is a $450 million uh, school bond. And then I referenced earlier the $28.5 million, which was the parcel tax, another Prop A. Uh, all the education bonds, education set-asides are A's on the ballot, uh, appropriately so. And again, we've been getting straight A's in this city. The voters have been getting it right each and every time. And I just want to congratulate the voters of San Francisco for stepping up and always supporting these school bonds uh, and these initiatives uh, uh, for our public schools. What does it all mean? Well, what it's meant is that we're the top performing urban school district in the state of California, number one in the state of California. Seven years in a row of improved test scores. You can see here uh, where our schools are uh, compared in terms of our test scores compared to everybody else here. The, all the other counties in the state of California, there's the state average. We're ahead. We're ahead in math and English language uh, arts. Again, compliment to Superintendent Garcia, compliment to members of the school board uh, and to Hydro Mendoza, our liaison, compliments to the citizens of San Francisco and to the Board of Supervisors and the elected family of the city for stepping up and stepping in. These numbers are examples of the commitment and the success of these partnerships. The bar is low, urban school district, but we are raising it in contrast to others uh, in San Diego, Oakland, Fresno, L.A., no one's doing better. We can do more, but I'm very proud uh, of those efforts. Final uh, two points. Uh, we want to do more in science and math. So one of the things we're looking forward to uh, is investing in a new K-8 small school. Uh, when 3,600 housing units are developed in the Mission Bay uh, area, uh, we now have the opportunity to receive pursuant to that development agreement, a site 
for a new school in Mission Bay. Basically, a new neighborhood being conceived requires a new school. We want this school to be a science and technology school, focused, again, K through 8. One of the things we want to add to the school is we want to create a science center uh, so that high school students can also access the school and teachers can access the school site for professional development. Again, anchored in the heart of Mission Bay, where some of the most innovative companies in the world are operating, where our stem cell research center is operating, uh, where UCSF's 43-plus acre Mission Bay campus site uh, exists. What an ideal space to lead the nation with an innovative K-8 through uh, uh, program. I mentioned this in my State of the City a couple years ago. I want to say that there's a lot of progress that's been made. In 2009, I hope that we initiate the, uh, the progress in a formal way uh, by getting the memorandums of understanding signed between not just the school district and the city, but institutions of higher learning that can also take advantage of this, the community college, the state university system, the UC system, UCSF uh, as well. Uh, we have a framework to do something extraordinary, and that's something we look forward to advancing. We're not walked away from this. Uh, we're absolutely committed. And again, 2009, I think, is when we'll, we'll get most of that done. So again, we want to continue our efforts and advocacy to lead by example. We want to continue with the new Speaker of the House and a new President uh, to advocate for federal resources and investments that could pay great dividends and that could be models that could be scaled in other cities. Again, we love to be uh, the first out front. We talked about SF Promise. Uh, we're going to continue uh, to advocate for more federal resources to advance that program. Uh, we've got a new Child Nutrition Act that's being reauthorized. We want to focus on our wellness strategies and our health care strategies and prevention strategies, and we want to make sure we get that one right. Uh, uh, we also have some legislation that we're supporting at the state level about data and dropouts and truancy to make sure everybody at least gets the same measurements and that we're all on the same page. And we want to focus uh, on this educational roundtable uh, where Mayor um, of Fresno, Gene Autry, and others have been uh, working uh, to get more support between the governor's office, superintendents, and mayors up and down the state. Uh, and we've got a no uh, initiative on truancy that we're advancing at the state with this education roundtable. And finally, uh, the reduced and free lunch program. Look, we're a high-cost place to live, and we need to get more support for our free and reduced uh, lunch program. Uh, Hawaii and Alaska have some benefits that a lot of states and cities don't receive. Uh, we think San Francisco uh, should be considered for those same benefits, and that's another area they'll be focusing on. So all told, the state of education in San Francisco can be better, but we're doing very well. Top-performing urban school district in the state, a partnership that we believe is an envy for the rest of the nation, pre-K to 16. Uh, we think this city is moving in the right direction. We appreciate the public's patience uh, in terms of getting the school district where it needs to go, uh, but I'm feeling very good about the state of the district in contrast to where we were even just a year or two years ago. Uh, we look forward to doing more uh, into the new year.